You're listening to The Bucket List. Weirdly enough, this is quite strange, because I have bought a Collies and Spaniels for a while, and a few years ago, I got a little Maltese Shih Tzu. She was the runt of a litter, and she was lovely. You little girly dog. Yeah, she was a little girly dog as well. Bit of a chick magnet for a man. Oh, yeah. Because she was the runt of a lit as well. She had a twisted leg. Aww. So it was like a ballet dancer. She was like plieing when she stood. Quite funny. She was tiny, but so very cute. loving, yes. Yeah, did all that. The women walk up and like, oh, big man like you. He's such a cute <laughs> little dog. He's so yeah. in touch with the masculinity yeah. or femininity. I had her from six weeks old. No, she was lovely. Lulu. Lulu oh. the Maltese Shih Tzu. She sounds like a stripper. This weekend, it is the Dog Lovers Show down at the Royal Exhibition Building. Wish I had a dog so I could go, Beefy, you know? Dog Lovers Show. You don't have to have a dog. You can just be a dog lover. If I went there, how would I possibly take part in the doggy speed dating? Well, perhaps you're looking for someone with a dog that you could date. A dog by proxy. A a step dog. There you go. It's your step dog. We're going to have a bit of a chat about, you know, the different things you can do with your pet. For instance, a bit of doga. Did beer yoga last week. We talked about it. There's no way I'm doing beer yoga. but Beer yoga is a sport. It's not competitive. A sport, by definition, is competitive. Well, what about if you've got a few people in in the class? Still not competitive, though. Doing the beer yoga and they're competing about how many beers they can drink and still manage to do the downward dog. No, still not competitive. Casta Semenya, she's oh. been making big news now. She just competed in Doha, didn't yeah, she? Yeah, last night. She actually won the 800 metres. It's the last time she's going to be able to run that distance because there's been a, a ruling of the Court of uh, Arbitration for Sport this week because Casta Semenya is, think officially intersex. Uh, now, I'm not across all those transgender things and things like that. She's got a very, very high level of testosterone for a, for a female. So basically, she's producing, in some instances, more testosterone than males produce. So hence... She's very, very fast. Double Olympic champion, over 800 metres. Generally blitzes her field. What they're saying is unfair, the fact that she has naturally high testosterone levels. And to bring the playing field down to an even playing field is they're asking women with high levels of testosterone to take drugs to reduce the amount of testosterone her body produces. Yeah, it it really is kind of unfair because this is natural for her. She hasn't taken any supplements. She's born a woman. She just, she has this anomaly, I guess. It's just a little quirk of nature that gives her an advantage. She's, if you compare it to a racehorse, she's like Winx. She's just head and shoulders above the others. But at the same time, it gives all the other female runners the opposite. The IIIF, the uh, people that run athletics, are basically trying to level the playing field because if there are four or five athletes that have high testosterone levels or elements of chromosome X that give them an unfair advantage and they're winning week in, week out, nobody wants to run against them. And this is what they're saying is it's detrimental for the sport to having such dominant people that have natural levels of something that gives them that edge winning all the time. What they're saying is why they went to the Court of Arbitration for Sport, they're saying, well, this is a natural thing. You shouldn't discriminate against me. But the IWF is saying we're actually just trying to level the playing field. But they're not actually stopping her from competing. So she is free, and the other women that have high levels of testosterone as well, they can take drugs for six months to bring their natural hormone levels down to a, a moderated level, or the ban is actually only between 400 metres and a mile. So she can actually go and run the 3,000 or the 5,000 metres. She's already run in the South African Championships at 5,000 metres, and guess what happened? She won. She beat the South African champion by 10 seconds. So, I mean, they're allowing her to do this. Isn't yeah. that still unfair, if, if that's the case? Well, what they're saying is there's very limited research on this at the minute. And this is the biggest issue people have across the board is there's no actual scientific evidence saying high levels of testosterone make you a better athlete over 400 to a mile. 
we know that transgender athletes at the minute are mm. very dominant in the fact that they can outrun and outsprint females after transitioning from male to female, even despite taking drugs. But until there is more and more evidence being done, bit up in the end. That's why this ruling is quite interesting, the fact that they can't really back it up. It's uh, it's very difficult. But basically, she can take drugs for six months before the World Championships to be eligible to compete. And they reckon that it um, cuts seven seconds off her running time. Do you think if she were actually to run against men, which she shouldn't have to because she's a woman, that she, would she beat them? No. They're still 10 seconds faster. Over 800 minutes, I should say. I wonder how her testosterone levels compare against a man. She's up 11 to 12 nandrolone, I think, units per litre of blood. They're trying to get it below five. Women are normally naturally about three. A men are about anything between 10 and 16, I believe. I'm not a scientist. So she's about roughly three to four times the normal female level. Oh, yeah, that's the the issue. Mm. That's, That's the crux of the matter. But like I said, they're not stopping her competing. They're just stopping her competing in her favourite events where she's been dominant. You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. It's The Bucket List. We are speaking to Matt Kamensky, the Vice President of the PGA Tour. Welcome to The Bucket List this morning, Matt. Thanks for having me, Diana. This sounds like a fantastic job. The Vice President of the PGA Tour, what do you actually do? I work on probably the best event in golf, the President's Cup, that will be played here in Melbourne for the third time later this year. So I've been with the PGA Tour for 20 years, worked on over 90 golf tournaments in my lifetime. So I set up and run major golf events. Being in your position, do you ever get the chance to play against some of the greats for a bit of fun? <laughs> that, that would be great if I could. Um, kind of funny it's, i always refer to it as a usually like the, the plumber's house that has a leaky faucet or the doctor's doctor's the one that's out of shape that's my golf game so i don't play very often <laughs> now the, <laughs> Not as much sideline. the president's cup coming up in melbourne later this year it's going to be absolutely amazing the two captains ernie else against tiger woods you couldn't get a more iconic this golf event should be on everyone's bucket list and this one's going to be amazing when you have those two guys leading these two teams you know, when you think about it, all these young men that are going to be playing on the teams probably grew up or started playing golf because of one of these two guys. The great thing about the President's Cup, there is no prize money. The only reason they're playing is playing to win. Without a doubt. Also with the President's Cup, that's very unique. And the President's Cup is built on, on charity. You know, there's no prize money, as you said. Playing for that team, which they don't get to normally do, is golf is inherently an individual sport. They get that opportunity to play as a team. But they're also playing for those charities that are near and dear to their hearts. So the President's Cup in its 12 planes has donated over $49 million U.S. dollars to about 450 charities in 17 different countries around the world. That is amazing. Tell me, are the plaid pants still fashionable in the competitions? <laughs> I don't think you see plaid pants as, as much as you would in, in yesteryears, but I would say white pants are probably more, more fashionable. Now, you would have watched a lot of golf. Is there been one particular player who's just taken your breath away when you've watched him or her? Tiger Woods, without a doubt. He's amazing and what he's done for the game and you just seen his win at the Masters a couple of weeks ago. Great to see him playing so well. I mean, these guys are so good, but he's just been on another level. Uh, I didn't have the good fortune of, you know, growing up in the era of Jack Nicklaus, so I didn't get to see him play really in his prime. I saw him, you know, win the Masters in 1986, spent time around him, but, you know, to see Tiger in his prime and to work on the World Golf Championship events when he was just coming up. I started with the tour back in 1998 and saw his run, in, you know, through 2000, 2001, uh, which was just unbelievable. Um, I, I hope he keeps going as he's going. Greg Norman had it. 
there's some people that just have that cachet. And he was my favorite golfer when I first started in the business. I was very fortunate in 2011 when he captained the President's Cup team here and uh, to get to know him. Obviously, you've been to some huge golf events all over the world. Our show is called The Bucket List. Is there some events that you've yet to get to? I have not been to Super Bowl. I want to go to Super Bowl someday, yes. I think the Olympics is a bucket list for me, and it might be for a lot of people. I've, I've never been to Olympics. Golf being in the Olympics, so you, you could probably put your hand up yeah. and organize that tournament. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, I have not had the good fortune to work on that just because I've been on the President's Cup, but I'd love to do that one as well. Wimbledon's one I would love to go to. I haven't been to French Open, but love to see Wimbledon. I think Super Bowl's probably the top of the list. Pretty awesome. If I'm watching the golf and I don't feel like walking around, can I take my own caddy? <laughs> take your own what kind of caddy drink caddy or just a caddy that like carry you oh you know you can put a few extra things on it you know got to be comfortable whatever yeah, i can you mean, a, you mean a golf cart or a golf trolley <laughs> i meant a golf cart i don't know the lingo uh, no to- no you know golf cart you would you would not be able to on that it's, it's out for walking and being out in, the, in nature so and if you guys haven't been out to the president's cup you need to come this year i mean it's going to be amazing at royal Melbourne's. if you've never been it's, there's no other sport that you can get up that close to the greatest players in the world too good president's cup it is between December the 9th and the 15th at the prestigious Royal Melbourne Golf Club. Appreciate it. You guys have a good day. Thanks, Matt. That's Matt Kamensky, the Vice President of the PGA Tour, this morning on The Bucket List. You're listening to The Bucket List. May won't let me take a golf cart around the PGA Masters. <laughs> it's, I'm going to challenge that. It's not like I'm competing. The President's Cup is going to probably have forty to 50,000 people there a day, I think. You running people over, you know, in your wildly uh, wild driving style. My pink cart. Your pink cart might take a few people out. No, no, I'm going to actually, they're going to sit on the cart. We're going to party. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. You're listening to The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. And we are running a poll this morning. Do you think Casta Semenya should be allowed to compete or she should have to take testosterone-lowering drugs? So far, 100% of the callers have said yes, they think she should take the drugs. If you'd like to weigh into that, we have put a picture of her up on the Facebook page and you can add a comment there as well. Jump on the Facebook page as well. Look up at Bucket List Show or just look up the Bucket List Show and you will find us. It's Yeah, we're, actually, this is a funny one and shortly we're going to talk about... Worm Charming. That's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, it's, there's a World Championships in world Worm Charming. Yeah, we'll speak about that very shortly. <laughs> also, we're going to find out what Jared Whateley's guilty little secret oh, is. Oh, yes, I'm quite surprised. He's, that... he's got a little indulgence. It did raise an eyebrow. It's legal, but it, it's a little. It's not what we kind of expected <laughs> from from Jared Waitley, anyway. But this weekend, it's the Dog Lovers Show at the Royal Exhibition Building, and there's the Doc Dogs as well. What what do the Doc uh, Dogs do? Doc Dogs is basically long jumping for dogs, but they land in a swimming pool, so they basically charge along, jump as far as they possibly can. The world record is something like twelve meters. It's like long jump for dogs, it basically. Is long jump for dogs. There is a world championship in Doc Dogs, and it's in the States, and I think the prize is something like $100,000. There is big money in long jumps for dogs. That's insane. Now, uh, tell me as well, what is the dances with dogs? Put yourself in this position, Di. You dress up in a costume. You dress your dog up in a matching costume. Then you do a dance routine to music with your dog. This is all over the world, Di. This is one of the hottest sports in the world, dances with dogs. This had to be invented in America, didn't it? I would have thought so, but Australians take it pretty seriously by all accounts. Would you have dressed up your little Lulu and danced with her? (laughs) No. It's very funny. I've seen it live. (laughs) Where? Uh, In Melbourne, up uh, near the airport, actually, at Buller. 
Really? Yeah, what, yeah, yeah. what was it like? It wasn't my cup of tea. I'd like to go once. We always say when we talk about sport is there's a sport out there for everyone. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. Good morning. It's The Bucket List. This morning we are chatting with Jared Waitley from ECN. Hello, Jared. Welcome to The Bucket List. Diana, lovely to be with you. Jared, now you've covered sport all over the world. Yeah. And is there stuff out there that you haven't got to yet that you really want to see? A FIFA World Cup final appeals to me enormously. So I've been extremely lucky as Olympics loom large. So I've been poolside and called Michael Phelps yep. breaking world records and winning gold medals as well as what's happened with Australians along the way. I, I will always think fondly of being there that day at Royal Ascot for Black Caviar and being in the, we were in the awnings of the grandstand. Yep. So we're in the roof of the grandstand in a top hat and tails and looking mm. down this majestic old course for sort of a crowning moment. There are those days that offer that. I remember walking into Flemington for Maccabi's third Melbourne Cup and thinking, if this does happen, it's something that you want to have taken in, you want to appreciate it, and then you want to remember it. Um, Ascot, Royal Ascot that day, was there were Australians everywhere. <laughs> so AFL is pretty high on my list, and I've always loved the rhythms of cricket. It's going to be a huge winter mm. of cricket. Obviously, the World Cup coming up fairly shortly and then followed quickly by the Ashes. Yep. Will Australia bounce back? I don't think they'll win the World Cup. Uh, thankfully, they've found some one-day form over the past month, which yeah. gives them a bit of confidence. But their one-day form in England is pretty rickety over mm. a decent period of time. So I'd be, even though they're excellent in tournament play, which England aren't, South Africa aren't. Mm. So there is that, I think there's that that mental edge potentially, but I don't expect them to go particularly well in the World Cup. So I've got to ask you the question though, Lords or the MCG? I think Lords for the yeah. history of it. So I've, I haven't been to a day of cricket at Lords. I have oh, been wow. to Lords, but yeah. I haven't seen a day of cricket there yet. Maybe that's taking the MCG for granted. Maybe it's that's true. a poor form by me. The MCG is our cathedral. There, there is that that air of history. You can actually breathe it in. I reckon when you go to Lords. So yeah. that, yes, you talk about bucket lists. I want to be there for a day of Ashes cricket as well before I'm done. Definitely, it's uh, worthwhile. And the other one is for kind of novelty value is the Holly Stander Edge Baston, obviously because. Yeah. Mr. Warner, Mr. Smith, and if Bancroft makes a side, they're going to absolutely cop it from the Barmy Army for yeah. all five days in Edgebeston, and it's pretty, pretty full on. That crowd will know its role. Oh. <laughs> like they, they are an active participant Definitely. in the sporting event, which is rare. Somebody said to me the other day that what Steve Smith is going to have to get used to the idea of being booed yeah. and all that comes with that. And when you think about that is the ferocity of the environment. I think Warner will thrive in it. He's the, He's got that villain, yeah. villainous streak. And I'd be careful how I use that against Warner. But Smith is the clean-cut kid who never did anything wrong until he got tied yeah. into all of this. Is It'll be a big reality for him walking around the English summer getting hooted everywhere yeah, he turns. True. And it won't be the easiest thing to conquer. Are there other kind of niche, weird, wonderful, strange sporting events that you kind of want to get to and see for yourself? So my, my guilty pleasure is wrestling. Oh, yeah. I want to go to a WrestleMania. Wow. Because I think <laughs> it's got that edge of, of Hollywood to it. Yeah, well. <laughs> yeah, so I went to the show at the MCG yeah, yeah. after the, the grand final last year. It was brilliant. like the 12-year-old in me who's still there <laughs> just loved it. That's my silly, guilty pleasure. Right. There you go. I would have never have ever pegged you for that. <laughs> that's for sure. Thank you so much. Jared Waitley on the bucket list.
Jared Whateley into uh, wrestling. Who knew? Yeah, who knew? We're going to talk about worm charming next. This is an actual sport. It's on the bucket list. This is the bucket list with Beefy and Diana Simons. Beefy, do you have worms? <laughs> That's a bit personal, though. I think I've been vaccinated against them. That's good because you can't actually bring your own worms to the Black Orton International Festival of Worm Charming because that's yeah. cheating. Definitely not. You can't bring your own worms. Defies the point of sport, doesn't it? And it is a sport, die Worm charming. Tell us about worm charming, Beefy. Okay. Teams of three. You get a uh, three metre by three metre plot of land. You've got an hour to charm as many worms out of the earth as possible in an hour. There are a number of ways one can charm it, and one of them is through vibrations. You can yes. tap dance on the, on the ground. They've used water, trying to coax them out because it's too wet. Tapping, prods with a fork, just in case you don't want to stab them with a uh, four-pronger. If you do use a liquid on the ground, you have to prove that this is not going to be harmful to the worm, so the the worm judges will make you take a swig of it beforehand. Oh, there you go. There you go. Do you know what the world record is for a number of worms charmed in an hour? No, do tell, Beefy. 567 worms charmed in an hour. Wow. 10-year-old Sophie Smith of Williston in England holds that record. She did that at the... uh, World Championship of Worm Charming a few years ago. Imagine putting that one on your resume. Yeah. Black Orton in Devon. It is the International Festival of Worm Charming, though. Can I also say this is the biggest day in Black Orton's history? Oh, no doubt. The whole year. Oh, no doubt. This is the 35th running of the uh, International Worm Charming Festival as well. They have a theme. You dress up, teams of three, and the theme this year is spies. So you're encouraged ah. to wear coats and glasses and look a bit Cold War. James Bond, I bet. Hey, look, Worm Charming's around the world as well. And the American Worm Grunting Festival. Florida, Sop Choppy, Florida. Do worms grunt? I've never heard them myself. Oh, by the way, you have to wait till they come out of the ground because if you pull them, they break in half and that's cheating. Yeah, but you do get two for one. This is The Bucket List with Beefy and Diana Simons. With us, Mark Smith, the general manager of ice hockey team Melbourne Ice. Not many people know there's two ice hockey teams in Melbourne. The old Australian Ice Hockey League is uh, is pretty full on. It certainly is. The league itself has been around for uh, 17, 18 years now. And the two Melbourne teams have built a really big rivalry. Despite the local derby these days between the two. Yeah, I actually had the pleasure of going to the semi-final last year between the Ice and the Mustangs. There were some scores to settle there, and what a game it was. Yeah, I'm sure, yeah. Any time that the two teams come together, there's always an extra bit of spice. What's kind of been your impressions of the Australian League? The quality of the hockey overall is really good, on par with some of the lower levels of professional leagues in North America and in Europe. A few eyes have been cast towards the Australian League because of the emergence of Nathan Walker, that Welsh-born Australian <laughs> that obviously made his NHL debut last year. He's been on the Capitals' books for a, for a couple of years, but he actually played a few games last year. Got credited with a goal on debut. Look, an incredible achievement for Nathan. Not just make it to the NHL, that has now been part of a Stanley Cup winning team. Have you got yourself across to the NHL games and experienced the NHL over there? Uh, mate, I have, actually. I uh, I was recently in California. I've got a, a buddy that lives in San Jose. Got to a couple of Sharks games two years ago. We also went to a game in Vegas. Well worth the price of admission, that's for sure. 
It's a strange thing, ice hockey in the States, because you don't quite get a grip of how fast this sport is when you're watching on TV. It is so much quicker. And to see these guys going at full pelt and the skills they show going full pelt to whip pucks through their legs and cross rink passes is, is just phenomenal. And the physicality of what these guys go through, getting smashed left, right and center, it's, it's just phenomenal. It's one of, it is one of my favorite sports to go and watch live. It's a really amazing sports experience. I actually went to the last New York derby between the Islanders and the Rangers at the old Coliseum at Nassau. There were fights in the stands. It was like watching the English <laughs> English football, I tell you. And they both got into it. And but, Oh, my God. It was absolutely incredible just to see the intensity of the supporters. And the other thing you touch on as well is you can get so close to the Melbourne Ice players when you go and watch a game. One side of the stadium is is seats. But if you go around the other side, you can be within two inches of the glass and see players getting smashed towards you. The puck can hit the glass right in front of you. That is such an intense way of watching hockey that I don't think you can get anywhere else. It really is one of the most up-close and personal experiences in any sport that you'll be able to watch. This is the Bucket List Show, Mark. Is there any other sporting events around the world you haven't yet ticked off on your bucket list and you're desperate to go and see? I am a, a bit of a racing car fan, and I, I do really want to get to the Monaco Grand Prix at, uh, at some point in my life. It's most certainly on my bucket list. Mark Smith, the general manager of ice hockey team Melbourne Ice. There's nothing like being at a live event. Whether it's the Australian Open Tennis, the Rugby World Cup 2019 in Japan or the Bathurst 1000. With over 20 years experience, Sportsnet will ensure the adventure of a lifetime. With over 50 world-class events, Sportsnet guarantees official tickets and accommodation, even to sold-out events. You'll even get access to behind-the-scenes experiences. Over 10,000 travellers each year choose Sportsnet. Call 1-300-888-858 or visit sportsnetholidays.com. Does your sporting club or community group need help with fundraising? My Club Shop is your essential fundraising partner. This free service is simple to use and can provide a 12-month-a-year revenue stream. With support from great companies like Samsung and TCL and new features being added daily, this revolutionary platform is a complete game-changer. Did we mention it's all free? All you have to do is log on to myclubshop.com.au to register your interest and one of our friendly team will get in touch straight away. That's myclubshop.com.au. Good morning. It's the bucket list, and this morning we are speaking to Daniel Giacconi from Sportsnet Holidays. Excited to talk about this. Some um, tickets are hard to come by. But if they are, it's the pinnacle of, of rugby league being the grand final. One of the biggest events on the Australian sporting calendar, but it's one of the best events. This one, great value for money, grand final. The whole rugby league world wants to get to this game. It is a massive deal in Sydney. Daniel, what can Sportsnet do to get us to the game? We, we offer a two-night package, checking in on the Saturday, leaving on the Monday. As part of your NRL ticket, you get uh, access to Epson Day at Royal Randwick. If you get there early enough, you can head out to Royal Randwick, experience the races. Then on the Saturday night, we have what's called our Legends Kickoff Dinner. It'll be in Sydney CBD. It's a sit-down dinner and drinks. There'll be a celebrity MC. There'll be special NRL guests, live music. For some reason, the, uh, the rugby league events we do always end up being a big party, lots of fun. On the Sunday, we then transfer our clients from Darling Harbour on our exclusive one-way Sydney Harbour cruise transfer out to Homebush. What better way to start Grand Final Day than a few drinks on the water, travel under Sydney Harbour Bridge, past the Opera House, out to Homebush. 
we then give our guests the opportunity to obviously experience the NRL Grand Final. And then, again, as part of your NRL ticket, get free public transport back from Homebush, back into the CBD. What a cracking two days our guests can experience from start to finish, from morning on Saturday to late night, Sunday night. It just makes for a really great package. You know, it's a big day and get treated from the time you get on that boat till the time you get to the stadium. I like to think so. The actual NRL Grand Final itself is renowned for having one of the best pre-game entertainment setups of any sporting code in Australia. Like last year, they had Gang of Youths and, you know, they've had Macklemore and Keith Urban and Richie Sambora and, and Ricky Martin. And the game itself is obviously an exciting part of the package. The pre-game entertainment is, is always world-class. And, and I also love watching uh, sport at ANZ Stadium. Uh, and it always brings me back to the Sydney Olympics or, or, or John Aloisi's, you know, famous Socceroo penalty goal back in 2005. What better place than Sydney, you know, enjoy a sporting event? But you've also got some other fantastic rugby league events as well on offer. We have an extensive range. We've got the Brisbane Magic Round coming up. All NRL teams playing in Brisbane on the one weekend. Origin 1 in Brisbane, Origin 2 in Perth, Origin 3 in Sydney, all the origins. The World Cup 9s in Sydney, first time that's going to be around later this year. So excited to see how that one goes. And and we've already got one eye on the the Rugby League World Cup in England in, in 2021. That's it. Now, if you're a rugby league tragic and you want to get along to the either the NRL Grand Final with guaranteed tickets or any of the State Origin games or any of the rugby league matches that Daniel's just mentioned, give Sportsnet Holidays a ring. one three hundred triple eight eight five eight. That's one three hundred triple eight eight five eight. Sportsnetholidays.com. That's sportsnetholidays.com on the bucket list.